At the beginning of Parshat Shemot, the Jewish midwives are put in a difficult position. In Perak Aleph, Pasuk Tetvav, chapter 1, verse 15, we read, Vayomer melech Mitzrayim lam yaladot ha'ivriyot. So the king of Egypt says to the Jewish midwives, Asher shem ha'achat shifra v'shem ha'shenit pu'ah. The name of one was shifra, the name of, of the second was pu'ah. And we're told from Chazal that this refers to Yocheved and Miriam, who would later be the mother and then sister of, uh, of Moshe. Vayomer, and he said, Biyalad chen et ha'ivriot, when you help the Jewish women give birth, Uriten al Havnaim, and they're on the birth stool at their end of that the birthing process. Im ben hu vahamiten oto, bat hi vachaya. If it is a male child, you are to kill him, and if it's a daughter, you may let her live. Vatir enaham yaladot et ha Elohim, and the Jewish midwives feared Hashem, velo asu, and they did not do, kasher diber alehen melech mitzrayim, like they were told to do by the king of Egypt, vatechayana et hayeladim. And they actually sustained all of the children, not just letting them live, but actually providing life to them, as we'll see in uh, the Gemara. Vayikra melech mitzrayim lam yaladot, and the king of Egypt called the Jewish midwives. Vayomer laheni said to them, Madua asiten hadavar Why did you do this? Vatechayena et hayeladim. You are sustaining the the male children, the male infants. Vatomarna hamyaladot el paro. And so the Jewish midwives said back to Paro, Kilo chanashim hamitzriot haivriot. The Jewish women are not like the Egyptian women. Kichayot heina. They are they are uh, very alive. Beterem tavo alehen hamyaladet vialadu. Even before the midwife gets there, they've already given birth. They apparently respond back that they aren't able to execute his plan of silently murdering the kids because the Jewish women have already given birth by the time they show up. Then it continues, And the nation was... The nation increased and was strengthened. By he, and it was, because the Jewish midwives feared God, and he made for them houses. Okay, so the Gemara picks up at a couple different points, and I'm just going to include a couple excerpts. So one is that it says, it's not simply that they didn't kill the the babies, but they actually provided sustenance for them and provided water and food for the family. So not only did they not listen to Paro, but they continued operating, again, with the same values and goals that they had in the first place of promoting the health of the infant and their family. And now, what does it mean that God made for them houses? Rav Shmuel. So Rav and Shmuel had a uh, two different opinions about this. Chad Amar Batekahuna Ulavia. One said it was the houses of the priesthood, the Kohanim and the Leviim. The Chad Amar Batemalchut. And the other one held that it was houses of kingship. Manda Amar Batekahuna Vlavia Aron Moshe. So the one who holds that the houses that were made for them were uh, were 
Kehunan Leviyah, Kohanim and Leviim, that's Aharon and Moshe, who would later uh, be Kohanim and Leviim, Umanda Amar Bate Malchut, and the opinion that held he established houses of kingship for them, David, Nami Miriam. So David was also uh, an offspring of, uh, of Miriam. So to recap here for a minute, Paro instructs the Jewish midwives to murder every Jewish male infant born. They quietly refuse, certainly risking their lives, because this was a directive from the king, and offer an excuse. Hashem protects them. As it says, God benefited them. And if you look at Shadal or Rav David Svi Hoffman, they both explicitly say that that uh, first pasuk in, in Pasuk Chaf refers to God protecting them from the consequences of not listening to the king. And made houses for them, as is described in, in Pasuk Chav Aleph. So the Gemara tells us that Yocheved and Miriam are the progenitors of future Jewish leadership, both spiritual and political. They were put in a difficult position, and their lives were certainly in jeopardy. With that type of pressure, some might compromise on their principles. They might have given an excuse to others or themselves. But Yocheved and Miriam didn't adjust their principles and refused to change their behavior. They continued to go above and beyond, even providing food and water to families that were sustaining a new infant. Now, Rav and Shmuel in the Gemara disagree about which type of leadership is exemplified in the behavior of Yocheved and Miriam. They were able to maintain their principles despite outside pressure. One asserts that their resistance to external values is at the root of spiritual leadership finding fulfillment in the future Kohanim and Levi'im who served in the temple. The other asserts that their resistance to compromising their values in the face of practical pressure is the hallmark of Jewish political leadership, finding fulfillment in the future kings and leaders of Israel. Rashi notably does not believe these ideas are mutually exclusive and incorporates both approaches. Later in Shemot, we find another example of leadership. Paro decrees that the Jewish workers will no longer be given straw to make bricks, but nonetheless will need to maintain the same quota of productivity. The Egyptian managers deliver the new expectations to the Jewish shotrim, the officers, who supervise the Jewish workers. There are two levels of middle management between Paro and the Jews. One layer is Egyptian, that is these managers, sometimes referred to as taskmasters, or in Hebrew it's the nogsim, and the other is the Jewish layer of middle management, which are the shotrim. We observe here that the Egyptian managers have no problem passing this unfair arrangement on down the line. The Jewish supervisors, in contrast, act differently. So we find in Perak Hay, Pasuk Yedalad, Vayuku shotre b'nei Yisrael asher samu alehem nog lemor. And the Jewish supervisors that were placed over the Jewish people by the Nogse Paro, the middle managers of Paro, were hit, saying, Madua Lochilitem Chokchem Lilbon Shon. Why did you not complete the allotment, the quota of bricks that you did previously? Gam Tmol Gam Hayom, also yesterday and also today. So they are being pressured and literally hit, uh, beaten because they are not producing the quota of bricks that was required under this new unfair arrangement. Uh, 
And so Rashi comments by Akusho Drebene Yisrael, Hashodrim Yisrael Hayu. These uh, Shodrim were Jewish. Vechasim Achevrehem Miladoch Kam. And they had uh, pity on their fellows and did not pressure them. They didn't push it down the line. They didn't beat, beat the uh, Jewish workers until they uh, created this unfair quota. And when they would basically try and com- bring the complete set of bricks to the Egyptian managers, the taskmasters, and when the quota was lacking, and then they would beat the Jewish supervisors, because they didn't pressure sufficiently, they were holding them responsible for not sufficiently beating and pressuring the Jewish workers. Therefore, those Jewish supervisors merited to be the future leaders and judges of the Jewish people. And some of the divine inspiration that was on Moshe rested upon them. Shnei Mar, as it says uh, in a pasuk in Bamibar, Esfa li shivim ish miziknei Israel asher yadata. Gather seven. Gather for me seventy men of the Jewish elders that you know. May otan shiyadata. What does it mean that you know? Those that you know, hatovasha suv mitzrayim, the good that they did in Egypt. Ki hemziknei ha'am v'shotrav. For they are the elders of the uh, and, and leaders of the of the nation. So the Abarbanel on this section is actually very interesting, because according to the Abarbanel, Paro did not tell his Jewish workers directly about this new arrangement. He was concerned that that might result in an open rebellion. So instead, he had his Egyptian middle management deliver the message. And when the Jewish supervisors later appealed to Paro. He demurred and explained that he has to support the decision of the Egyptian managers. He basically uses the layers of middle management to obfuscate responsibility. The Jewish supervisors did not shirk their responsibility. In the face of injustice, they didn't just pass it on down the line to someone else. Jewish leadership does not only exist at the top of the hierarchy, but at every level. In an unjust society, people say, sorry, I don't make the rules and just pass it on down. But in a just society, each individual takes on the responsibility of implementing tzedek umishpat, justice, and judgment. These Jewish supervisors later became the founding members of the Sanhedrin, the 70 judges who shared leadership with Moshe, exemplifying justice to the world.